Hey, appreciators. Welcome to another episode of the Professional Appreciators. appreciators. And I just want to start <laughs> off by saying, don't ever listen to a word we say. <laughs> because we hyped up the month of October and we just, we ghosted you. Yeah, we did kind of. We straight up, I mean, I guess that's appropriate for Halloween, but. Yeah. Ooh, we ghosted mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. Uh, life got really lifey. Um, you know, and that happens. Yeah, we were playing the board game of life and rolled multiple snake eyes. And, life wins. Uh, I just want to, let's, you know, let's start off on a sentimental note. Okay. Uh, one, appreciators, I missed you. Yeah. I missed you guys. And Evan, I missed you as well. You know what? I missed you too, man. Yeah. I did. I, multiple times over the past couple weeks, like I don't think we've seen each other for three weeks. Yeah, no. I think it's... it's it's been not maybe not any briefly. meaningful not any meaningful sight. Yeah. I've seen you with my eyes pass by maybe, but I haven't really seen you and gotten to talk to you and catch up for like two or three weeks. So I have I've really missed you. Yeah. I almost like was tempted to go on Craigslist and you know, like those missed connections, you know, like man looking for a bearded musician last scene, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We would have found you, each other. I if you're looking. out there, let me know. Yeah. Yeah, it's has it has been crazy, but hey, no excuses. You know, yeah. we we hyped up the month of October. Mm-hmm. We we put some October stuff out there, but not nearly the amount that we wanted to. And uh honestly, I feel as if I had to tap out on I th- I think Michael Myers, <laughs> he put me into like a suplex and yeah. I had to tap out. I think I watched 8 Halloween movies this year. I think there are twelve. Yeah, I think total 12 or thirteen. Or 13. Yeah. I think I watched eight, and I I had to tap out. I tapped out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. Here's what's weird about like different parts of the country, right? Okay, so there's a man <laughs> in Philadelphia who, for forty straight days, has been eating an entire rotisserie chicken. Have you you heard about this? It's the most Philadelphia thing ever. <laughs> he's been putting he's been putting flyers. Up. I have I have no idea where this is going, but I'm liking it. Keep I'm just going. he's putting flyers up, right? Yeah. And he's like, this is my 22nd day of eating an entire rotisserie chicken, right? And it turned into this thing where people would then show up to watch him. So then he had to go out into like a dock, <laughs> and there were like there were like a hundred people watching him eat his 40th in a row. Yeah. And he's like a Philadelphia hero hero right now. Yeah. Here in the Midwest. Evan and I are going around telling our friends that we want to watch every Halloween movie. And not only are they not rallying around us. No. They're looking at us like we are lunatics. Morons. For wanting to watch Halloween movies in October. Yeah. How many people have walked up to us and been like. Multiple people have told me, this is, why are you doing this? Why? It's like, what do you mean? Why? And I I don't even understand the question why, because my response is, why wouldn't you do this? And I've, I've gotten a lot of, I have gotten pushback from this and people try have, people tried to tell me, don't do it. Yeah. Trey, one of our good friends, mm-hmm. he said, why are you doing this? You should not do that. Well, what am I supposed to do with that? I know. But I mean, we watched a lot. Yeah. I mean, one, not only is it not a weird thing to do, like you watch no. scary movies no, during spooky season and you know, like, yeah, it's a large franchise, but it's like 12, 13 movies. You have 30 days. It's not obscene. But in Philadelphia, a man is eating 40 rotisserie chickens. That's a challenge. And he's a hero. And people, 
I mean, that's something people probably should look at weird, but they don't. And no. then we're doing something that's relatively benign and yeah, normal. Pretty normal around this time of year, yeah. And people in the Midwest are like, 13 Michael Myers movies in why? 30 days? Why? You freaking Frankenstein yeah, monster. Why would you do that? So, you know what? So, I'm about to move to Philadelphia. <laughs> because not only is their baseball team better than my baseball team right now, they did lose the World Series, but it's go. like... Still better. Yeah. I mean, I would get a high five, you know, at the yeah. very, at the bare minimum in Philadelphia, I'd get like a high five. Yeah. No, I, I definitely feel like I watched, um, I watched one, two, three, four, five, and six mm -hmm. in pretty quick succession. And we watched Halloween ends. As soon as you said succession, the succession theme song started <laughs> playing <laughs> in my head. <laughs> no, and, and by the sixth one, I was like, I don't know if I can, I don't know. I it's said, I just, I was, I was like, I don't know. That, I just don't. Yeah. That middle stretch is a little tough when, when you go, when you do like, uh, I like four, but like, you know, four five, six. Yeah. And then it, it's like, oh my gosh, it's just Michael Myers slowly put me into a headlock yeah. and just brought me into submission this year on Halloween. And I couldn't watch anymore yeah. michael this, myers doing this challenge was halloween kills michael myers where he's just like at people's throats just no hold bar just after people not h2o michael myers <laughs> which as i've mentioned to you i don't like that movie because he's so nonchalant in that movie he's pretty just friendly like, yeah he's just kind of just chilling let me say whenever you have seen whenever all you've seen is the first original halloween the newest trilogy H2O, the second Halloween movie, mm -hmm. uh, and then you watch uh, Halloween 3. Right, Season of the Witch. Let me tell you, Season of the Witch looks a little crazy. And like, and wow, I don't, I don't know if that was good. As you watch through the rest of the Halloweens, 4, 5, 6, yeah. 7, you start to really love Halloween 3. <laughs> Look, here's the thing, and I'm like, going <laughs> to... And I know he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call up my brother because how lame do you have to be to watch a movie where the plot is a businessman <laughs> wants to reenact an ancient Celtic ritual involving Stonehenge that when people tune into their TVs when they wear a certain Halloween mask, yeah. their bodies get like infested with like giant bugs. And snakes. For some reason, they like hollow out are you kidding me that's amazing it's pretty cool i mean it's at the very least original and then it ends with them like losing the battle <laughs> and yeah. like people yeah. are going to watch this yeah basically killing children that's how yeah. it ends like children dying yeah that's I, why i will i will say valid point my brother made up which was the the main protagonist the older gentleman is just getting Oh all, man! All the tail. Can in the I movie? just say that was one but of my favorite that is parts? Hilarious. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie because it was so unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, who is this guy? He must have like a like a musk or like some sort <laughs> yeah. of just like magnetism to him that just it like brings women in and like they can't resist he, him. He's like the most mid man imaginable I, I would say borderline ugly and what was funny is like at times you you almost got the sense that he didn't even want it no he was like oh man he's like oh my gosh seriously well another I, young woman into i me? can't say no <laughs> yeah and it, it was like a chore to him yeah. by the end the one him and the girl that he went to the small town with yeah i think that they actually did it 
four times in the course of like 24 hours. Well, right there's something by the end of, by like the third and fourth time you could tell, I feel like he was like, all right, we're going to do, well, we'll do it again, oh, I guess. Well, you know? But I, by the end though, was that a robot woman or was that, was she not a robot until after she was captured? Man, I, I just, I'm jealous of the people who haven't seen Halloween three and they're hearing <laughs> us be like at the end, was that a robot? And then Stonehenge, right? Let like, me just say, ancient Celtic ritual. I, I will say this is one that when it's described probably sounds amazing. I'm just saying like when a movie has that plot, it's just instantly bare minimum three stars. Boom. Just yeah, like it's, yeah. it's a blast. I, I really liked his escape. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite scenes. The vibes are great. Yeah. Like when they first go to that town and it's like empty and everyone's kind of like paranoid watching them. Uh-huh. I was like, I eat that stuff up. I think my favorite character in that movie, his ex-wife. Yep. How little patience she had for his BS was yep. like the most amazing thing. Like he is calling her in, in a desperate plea to save their children's <laughs> lives. And she picks up the phone. No pause. I like immediately just launching into him, just insults, just, and you're not going to walk back into my life <laughs> yeah. with another yeah. half baked idea about exactly. Stonehenge infecting exactly. kids through the TV, and which, which begs the question, what has this guy been doing for the last <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 15 or 20 years of their relationship that has like gotten him to this yeah. level like, of oh. like. Where she is not putting up with it whatsoever. She's like, "Oh, I see you're getting less creative now, yeah. Stonehenge." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. No, uh, that was uh, after watching as many as I've watched. That is definitely in my top favorite. It's just so Halloween fun. Movies. That's so great. Yeah, it so, really is. You know, everyone in the comments, just tell tell Dan that he's wrong. Just yeah. Just re- <laughs> somehow reach out. Yeah, reach out through the through the uh, ether somehow. Yeah. No, but. Uh, I think what we had originally said is that we were going to do like our official a ranking. ranking. Yeah. I think we should still do that, but Maybe look we forward still to that. Just like an exclusive. Next Halloween. <laughs> and will it happen? Probably not. Because yes. anytime we promise you guys anything, it's just, yeah, we are deadbeat podcast dads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, oh, we'll, we'll see you next Christmas, Timmy. Yeah, that's true. Oh, business trip. Oh, oh, sorry. Dang. Sorry. I didn't see Ooh, that coming. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that's how we failed you. Yeah, but, it is. I don't want to make excuses. I think we have a lot of excuses we could make. I don't want to make yeah. excuses. We dropped the ball. Yeah, it I is did, what it is. I watched all the Halloween movies minus Halloween Resurrections and the uh, Rob Zombie ones. Yeah, actually, yeah, I think I'd pretty much the yeah. same. Yeah. So, I mean, I enjoyed myself. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, I, I had it, fun. By the time we watched Halloween Ends, I did feel a little like, feel, I felt a little Michael Myers out. You know, just like yeah. a little tired. They get. I watched them in the wrong order because, uh, I mean, I watched them in the order that they pretty much are supposed to be watched in. <laughs> yeah. But they get worse and worse. I think before they get better, personally, and then yeah, and then there's a marked quality difference I don't there. Know. But uh, yeah, I uh, other creepy stuff that I watched though. Uh, rewatched Barbarians. Oh yeah, solid. Yeah, I will say the movie theater experience for that movie was marked markedly different than the yeah. in-home That's experience. why I held back rewatching it. Not that I, I think it's, it only benefits from a crowd, but I mean, I said after we got done with the movie, I was like, this is a movie you watch either in a theater or with a bunch of friends. Yeah. Like no, it really is designed for the that. The theater experience was unbelievable for that movie. And yeah. it, it's still very good. Um, I will say my wife though said I hyped it up too much for, her, which I, I feel like I tried not to, but I still 
hyped it up yeah. too much for. I feel like every movie you show Carly, she just says you hyped it up. She too is much. the toughest critic. She really is. Yeah. And I honestly love it about her. Because it I know really it's hard to get because I know I'll never do anything mediocre. <laughs> In her eyes, it's just like Princess Diaries and then every other movie. <laughs> I don't know. Does she and like can the Princess I blame Diaries? her? No. Yes, she does. Yeah, of course. Who can we blame her? I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to see a story about the Princess of Genovia? I mean, those movies do slap. They yeah. really do. They really do. Anne Hathaway. Come on. People need to stop hate. I, I think the hate for Anne Hathaway has subsided, but there was a period like five years ago where everyone randomly decided to hate Anne Hathaway. I don't understand that. Don't, She's done nothing wrong. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I watched uh, all of the Midnight Club, the new Flaniverse. Oh, I haven't finished that. I'm close. I've, I've been digging it. but The new Flaniverse offering. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might have to talk about that in a little more detail at some point after you finish the show, but yeah. I thought it was uh, very worth watching. I thought yeah. it was a, a good a good story. I finished the uh, seventh episode the other day, and I thought, like, it was so good, I, I had to double-check the episodes, and I was like, this has to be the penultimate episode. Right. Because, you know, like, the second-to-last episode like always, episodes, always hits hard. In the seventh episode, I was just like, oh, there's, like, three more episodes? I was yeah. like, how are they going to top that? Yeah. But, uh, well, I'll be interested to talk to you about that whenever you finished it. But, uh, okay. yeah, I think that's pretty much all the spooky stuff I watched. Yeah. Like, for the most part, aside from, like, little things here and yeah. there. I mean, weeks um, ago I watched uh, the new Hellraiser. It was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I watched a movie called Resurrection, this little this little lesser-known movie with Rebecca Hall, Rebecca Hall and um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Is that the one you sent me? I think so. Yeah. You said '90s gym. No, no, no. That was like a, that was a different movie. I oh. sent you, but uh, Resurrection had Rebecca Hall in it, and it has the um, um, uh, the he's in Quentin Tarantino movies a lot. He's in Pulp Fiction. Uh, in the rest, he's the guy in the restaurant. Uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. I was about to start saying all the people that are wrong, <laughs> like the obvious ones, like Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel Jackson. <laughs> um, oh, uh, Tim Roth. Yeah, uh, Tim Roth and. It's not really like a spooky movie. It's more like a really intense psychological thriller. Um, that was the, especially the ending of that. It's like so dark. You're just like, uh, uh. yeah. So I really like that. Um, I watched Sumterville, um, late nineties movie. Um, I thought, I don't know. It's kind of like a sleeper hit. Sumterville. I'm not um, sure if I've seen that or not. With Jodie Foster. Oh yeah. I might've seen it. Yeah. Or she, um, she's like a widower, moves to Sumterville. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I've seen that, actually. Yeah, she finds notes in books she checks out at the library. Oh. It's actually kind of a hidden gem from the 90s that I totally just made up. I think so. I... <laughs> God. Uh, do, you, do you remember? I said a movie called Sumterville, and you went, oh, yeah. Let me just say that... Uh, it sounds like a like mid two thousands like thirty minute uh, comedy, right? Like that had two seasons and was canceled. I, That's was, what the name of it was. That literally show the first. Like. It was the th- Sumterville. It just came into my brain. Sounds goofy. Sorry, I pretended to have seen it. When you said Jodie Foster, I was thinking of What Lies Beneath, and Jodie Foster's not even in that. Yeah. No, she made it after <laughs> Silent Her you know breakthrough in silence of the lamb so they're like oh you know kind of a dark thriller like we're gonna cast jodie foster in it right yeah <laughs> right of course yeah. dad and richard greer's in it too yeah 
you, they they do it really good where like they set it up like he's going to be like the the male <laughs> romantic lead. Please. Yeah. What? No, Sumterville. It's great. <laughs> I can't tell if you're. <laughs> no, it's weird. Like they set up Richard Greer to be like this lead romantic lead. He's in the first thirty minutes. He just randomly out of the movie. Just not there anymore after like the thirty minute mark. Like, okay. The plot lines never resolved. Okay. Stop. <laughs> I just want to keep going with this movie. <laughs> Please stop. Yeah. I can't take it anymore. That's not real. And I refuse to believe you, Is even it? though you keep. Is it? You said Richard Greer. Yeah. Is that a real person? Yeah. Richard Gear? Richard Gear. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no. The other actor, his cousin, <laughs> who was in the industry for uh, a hot minute, Richard Greer. Right, yeah. Richard Greer. And he's the his cousin. Well-known. He's his cousin. Doesn't have the same last name. No, but it's no, a of course not. Different last name. Well, everybody knows that Richard Gear changed his last name whenever he entered the no, industry yeah. to sound more tough. Yeah, no, Greer is his actual Christian name. Right. <clears throat> but his nom de plume actor name is mm-hmm. Gear. Yeah. <laughs> because his agent was like too many R's. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Anyway, what That's, were you going to... That you, was exhausting to me. Uh, you have a hard out in 10 minutes, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, but uh, I think that was all the spooky stuff I've watched. And then I watched Don't Worry, Darling, which... Well, that's a fake movie. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. You're not going to get me. Well, let me guess. Let me guess. Harry Styles is in it, huh? Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which... I felt like, I don't. I felt like got a lot of hate. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of arguments about that movie, and I feel like it was pretty decent. Yeah. I did, I didn't. I mean, I wasn't over the moon about it, but there were some really good parts of it. I thought it was pretty decent. Yeah. I haven't pretty seen good. it yet, but everything I've heard is like the movie's not good or bad enough for to justify like all the drama that came from it. Oh yeah, I feel like a lot of yeah the drama is crazy because. I, I feel like all the stuff people said about Harry Styles and how like I feel like everybody was saying his acting is so horrible in the mm-hmm. movie. I I genuinely he has I mean he's in a lot of the shots of the movie, but he is not the main right. Like Florence Pugh is the main attraction to most scenes and he is kind of supporting in a lot of that stuff and it's like for to to argue that his acting was like so awful that it, people were making it sound like it was like unwatchable. Yeah, it's like it wasn't that. I mean, it it, it was just like everything. I feel like people got all whooped up about it, and it just wasn't the case for me. I felt like it was dece. Um, right. you know, I don't want to. If you re, if you watch it, I don't want to like get too into it. Yeah, no, so I'll watch it. Soon. Ruins things because there is we a, can talk about it. There is a twist. In it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I was assuming whatever, uh, but uh, yeah, I thought a lot involving of that. Richard Greer, yes, yeah. and Jody Floster. Jody Floster. <laughs> uh, maybe I was thinking of like maybe it's because of Drew, Judy Greer. Maybe that's where I got confused. Maybe so. Uh, you mixed you mixed Richard Gear and Judy Greer. I mean, are you are you going to argue that Gear and Richard Greer Gear and Greer are so far apart you couldn't confuse those names? No, I'm not going to argue yeah. that. Okay. You know how many times we've had to correct you on this podcast? Yes, I do. Yeah. I have a running tally, uh, and there's probably 10 in this episode. Yeah. Uh, well, to bring this podcast episode back on track, I feel like I would be remiss if we didn't talk about 
what we set out to talk about. Sure. Which is light. Light. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Guys, I've been up since 4 a.m. Okay? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so I had to work really early this morning. So White Lotus season two. Uh huh. We're two episodes in. Let me just say, I forgot we even said we were going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> oh, I'm the one who derailed us with Sumterville. Yeah. We're two episodes in to White Lotus. Uh, I'm really liking like yeah, this season. It. This season is hell. I have been like cackling the entire first two episodes. Yeah. I think it's so funny, uh, and I think that the character relationships that they're setting up are so complicated and interesting. Um, it like I am so looking forward to each episode as it's i mean i know that's what you're supposed to yeah do but like i really cannot wait for the next episode to come out just to see like how they further these relationships every week yeah jennifer coolidge is just oh my God. a scene stealer she, she's so good anytime she's in a scene i just like start i just start laughing immediately yeah anytime the whole she's bit with like she doesn't want to see her assistant <laughs> and like just the yeah the animosity she shows towards her assistant anytime she sees her in a public place is just yeah. like hilarious. Um, uh, season two, yeah. I mean, we're only two episodes in, so who knows well, quality wise where it can go. I made that mistake once before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, with the rings of power. Yeah. 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 So we're not gonna we're not gonna say what if it's better than some other show. It's just no, on no. its own merits. But um I really like that. I was kind of going in, you know, okay, is this concept of a new season at a similar hotel? You know, it's like, it's still the White Lotus, but in a different part of the world. Yeah. Um, with all new characters, like, is that a good enough framing device for a, a mini series or an anthology show? Yeah. And it's like, what can they, ex what can Mike White explore in a different season that he didn't already cover in the first season? You know, like, I feel like he, talked about you know like um class differences in the first season he talked a lot about like you know america's need for um any kind of like entertainment or high or drug or something like that and yeah and he really mined some of those social awkward interactions yeah and just like the weirdness of hotels in general yeah. and in season two i've really liked that at least so far for me he's finding a little bit new ground where at least in the first two episodes, he really is narrowing down on like um, the modern man's tendency to not just like literally their gaze wander, but like their attention, their focus, their drive is always set outward. Yeah. I don't know if you've been picking up on this, but like yeah. every guy in this season, um, besides maybe like Albie, is constantly like looking elsewhere for validation, fulfillment, pleasure than yeah. what's you know right in front of them and i i think that's an interesting thing for him to critique in this new season yeah i think i have been catching that and uh you said alby that's like the the young the young the younger son of the like guy a, he's like a what like a young 20 something yeah teenager or something like that <clears throat> and he even has like direct dialogue in the second episode that is him saying i don't want to be like yeah these other men's these other men that have been examples to me i don't want to be like them and you can see the uh almost like the conflict within the girl that he's having dinner with where yeah. she knows that she should be attracted to that mm -hmm. but isn't 
Like yeah. she almost wants him to be like the the worst version of who he could be because she finds that more attractive. I thought that was an interesting dynamic because yeah. I, I almost thought Albie was almost coming across negatively on the flip side where he was trying almost too hard to talk about like, I am a nice guy. Oh, women don't like the guys who do the night. Did you catch that? Yeah. He kind of parodied that um, common rallying cry for single guys. Of yeah. Like, oh, you know, when you're nice to a woman, they don't want that. And he's like, I just want to be nice. And he almost, he starts like telling her what she should be looking for, which I thought was a weird red flag where he's like, right. She was like, I just want to have fun. I just want to, you know, explore being the moment. He's like, no, you can do so much better than that. And I was like, it's almost the flip side of what his dad is right where he's almost yeah. leaning too hard on the no 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 i'm stable i'm nice so therefore i deserve your attention i deserve a girlfriend right. and i don't know almost it, yeah almost like making his case to her this is yeah. why you should be interested in me not because i'm actually interesting yeah but because i mean but he didn't go so far past the line where the... it was cringe it was just like i yeah. feel like they were planting seeds of like okay just because he's not his dad doesn't mean he's also like ideal. There are other ways to be um, problematic, I guess. Right. And I, I am fascinated by the um, kind of like the douchey best friend. Yeah. And Aubrey Plaza's yeah. relationship because they keep flipping that switch between like you hate this guy and then they'll do something that makes him a little sympathetic and mm -hmm. makes you feel like, Oh, it, he may not be that bad. Like he may actually like have a heart. Yeah. Uh, but then they keep teetering between that. And, and I, I love it because that's the way I feel whenever I meet someone new sometimes. And I have a conversation that like maybe mm -hmm. doesn't go well. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I like that person. I don't know if like we jive and then like, I'll see them at another point in another environment mm -hmm. and we'll have like a honest conversation and be like, man, I feel like I, I misjudged that person and then yeah. see them again. And it's like the opposite. It's, it very much mirrors the way I feel like you kind of get to know someone, uh, in, in a group environment. Yeah. I've kind of had that happen. And I think that that's just so, uh, I really like that feeling of the unknown of like, what are we going to get with this exchange? Like, yeah. what is this exchange going to bring? Is well, it going to be like, positive or negative? You know, I feel like that's what Mike White does really well. And he did in season one in this season is like, there's no real clear, like person in the right. Yeah. Because at first you're like, okay, so the, uh, the, uh, I can't remember their names, but not the Audrey Plaza couple, the other couple, you right. know, uh, Oh, well they're not in touch with, uh, the news with time they're right. they're more accepting of the fact that they have money and they're not ashamed of it yeah and it's like okay at first you're like oh these people are insufferable but yeah. then as you watch audrey plaza and her husband you're like well just because they're more in touch with the news and with quote-unquote culture right they are very cynical but they also don't acknowledge like their own privilege right and they can almost be just in the way they judge the other couple, it's like, well, just because you're in touch doesn't mean you have to be so insufferably cynical. Yeah. And like not open to like hearing other people, getting to know other people. And they're almost a little bit in their high horse. And you're like, okay, well, 
they're not right either, but neither are they. And, yeah. and with every relationship in the show, you're like, there's, it's just so, uh, complex and nuanced with the character dynamics yeah well and um that's i i really love that about each character's interaction and how they start to intersect with each other and i mean the hotel is just a perfect medium for that sort of thing yeah uh but there's a mystery within each relationship and it almost feels like obviously there's the larger mystery mm-hmm. of that dead body who died the, yeah but then there's these little nuggets in every relationship and in every conversation of like, what direction is this going to go? Like, mm-hmm. how is, are they going to end up liking each other? Are they going to end up hating each other? Uh, or are they going to end up, you know, dead? Yeah. The, I, I love that. Uh, it's a heavily dialogue show, but it feels almost in the way that it's presented like thrillery or like, like yeah. such a mystery in, uh, in every conversation I feel like they have with each other, there's like almost like clues. Yeah. So. I'm going to say something that out of context would sound like a criticism, but I find it so interesting, at least for me in season one and this season, I don't care who the dead body is. Right. Yeah. And at first you're like, oh, well then Mike White is failing to write like a whodunit or create mystery. And I'm like, I almost think it's a positive where it's like, he doesn't need to rely on the whodunit nature of that body. Yeah. It's almost there to just serve a foreboding, um, kind of atmosphere atmosphere of something is going to hit the fan. Something bad's going to hit the fan. Yeah. But you're not, I'm not watching it going like, wait, are they the dead body? It's like, it's almost like secondary. And I like that. I yeah. can be in the moment with the characters in the scenes. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not out of the moment trying to guess and figure things out. It's like, I can be, the scenes are so tense, dramatically tense. Yeah. That I can be present in them and not overthink it. Whereas, I feel like with a lot of whodunits, you're almost watching it um, from afar, very overly analytical, like, oh, wait, maybe they could be... It's like, no, that's Trying like, to solve it too hard. Yeah, you're just like being the not moment enjoying with the character. it. Yeah, and I, I love that about White Lotus where the whodunit dead body doesn't overtake the show. Yeah. And that's... I, I, I think too. that's a credit. Like, Yeah, I think so too. You almost don't need it. It's, and, it's there as a cherry on yeah, top. Yeah, and you wouldn't expect that. And uh, you're totally right. That would sound like a criticism out of context. But uh, yeah, you would not expect that. You would expect that to be the drive behind it. Mm-hmm. But again, and I feel like through conversations that we've had recently about shows and movies, it's it, like this show is heavily character driven. And he has a way of making you interested in who these characters are, what their motivations are and where they're going. And that is like the first thing that I'm interested in in the show. And the dead body definitely takes yeah. second fiddle to those, those characters that he's developing. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, so far I think it's a really, he's really setting up these ideas about human nature's tendency to like constantly explore outside of, what's present around them. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's set at a hotel, explore vacation, like you're escaping. And I feel yeah. like he's starting these ideas about why we escape why we escape romantic relationships, why we escape businesses. Why do we escape, you know, our home life. And I feel like every single character, especially the men are escaping something like, uh, um, I mean, not only the, the Sicilian family visiting, like, you know, like the, the dad, has some kind of issue with his wife and his wife and daughter didn't want to come. Yeah. The grandpa obviously 
has issues with he openly admitted he cheated on his he wife he has obvious issues yeah um jennifer coolidge's husband is constantly escaping and wanting to get away so i just think those yeah. are some interesting ideas and i can't wait to see where it goes oh me too man i'm so excited to see how that show unfolds and i'm just really looking forward to to the third episode and just how he ends up wrapping it. I, I have a feeling I'm going to be like, I never want this show to end. Just like keep yeah. it going. Cause the environment is so good. And were you, were you giving me the wrap it up signal? Yes, I was. <laughs> At first I thought you were just showing me like your lock screen. I was like, Oh, no. that's, that's a nice picture. No, I was saying I need to go, yeah. but I did want to say I, I really like this show. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no. Yeah. So, uh, well, Evan has to get out of here apparently. Yeah. Uh, so let us know what you think about the white Lotus so far. Where do you think it's going to go? How does it compare to season one? And tell us what you think of Sumterville. Should I write the screenplay? <laughs> do you think Jodie oh Foster would be interested? Gosh. Is it gear or Greer? Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Let us know what you think. <laughs> All right. And hopefully we'll <laughs> record again someday. Yeah. Uh, someday, somehow. You're gonna get us. You're gonna get us a copyright strike. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, we're we're gonna get back on the uh, on the rhythm of it. So, yeah. all right. Well, stay tuned. All right, missed you guys. Yeah, we'll be back. I promise. Eventually, <laughs> hopefully. Bye. Bye.